0: Hi, and welcome to Blind Traveller, promoting independence through travel. So, in this podcast, I'm going to be taking you to my trip in Peshawar in the northwest frontier. The one the guy on the plane going to Lahore laughed at me for, along with his friends. But I was going to say it wasn't that bad, but it actually was. It was a scary place, an exciting place, but uh, just a fantastic experience. I got a Pakistan Airways flight from Lahore to Peshawar which was about a few hours and really cheap for considering it was an international airline. No holiday in this time I'm afraid. It was a $2 a night basic hotel with the ensuite facilities consisting of a squat and drop which I'd seen on the trains and in a few places previously but not brilliant but still it was cheap $2 and it was also relatively clean which is enough for me. So the plan was to spend a few days in Peshawar, check the place out and get a trip up to the northwest Frontier or the Afghanistan border and there was actually a couple of golf courses in Peshawar so I decided to check those out as well during my stay. One of them was actually right next to where I tended to have my food which was the 5 star Pearl Continental Hotel. Um, It was literally adjacent to the hotel but nothing to do with it. I'd also decided to head off to Islamabad the capital um, which was about an hour flight away and again fairly cheap. A couple of reasons for that. I wanted to check out the embassy just to get some advice on how safe the northwest frontier was, given all these guys in the plane had been laughing at me. Quite keen on seeing the Rapindi cricket ground, which I managed to do. And the third was to see the Faisal Mosque, which is the biggest in Pakistan and one of the biggest in the world. The two of the Khyber Pass, which I'd booked uh, via the northwest frontier, it was eventually with the Pakistan Tourist Board. So the idea was they would pick me up from my hotel with a driver and guide and then we'd stop off at the army barracks of the Khyber Rifles and pick up a security guard on the way armed with AK-47 and off he would go. There wasn't a problem booking a trip I could do it for the next day literally so in the end I ended up going to Islamabad and flying out there after having a look around Peshawar for a few days and again a really nice place and got to do what I wanted to do out there. My first stop was the Raw Pindi Cricket Ground which is really good. When I got there there was what equivalent to a county championship going on but there was just nobody in the ground the gates were open and i got talking to a guy who was just pottering around there i think he was some sort of official but uh, he took me around the ground had a look around watched some of the cricket really was good the next day i went to the Faisal mosque which was huge you get to this this mosque and you can just see for miles around despite the fact that I don't get many non-muslim tourists who are really friendly took me around had a look at the place And Just such an eye opening thing and learning a bit about the tradition of the country which is is totally Muslim. From there I managed to find a British Embassy which was just absolutely pointless. Um, No help at all, never spoke to anybody, just the local admin person on the door. After going through reams and reams of security to actually get into the place, nobody would speak to me. There was literally a few bits of information on the walls of the Embassy which was out of date. And in the end this guy just said, why don't you leave your name and number, your itinerary And obviously if you don't turn up in three months time we'll come and look for you, which was a lot of help. I actually got talking to an Australian guy in a hotel because, similar to the other places of Pakistan, I tended to just eat in the hotels on these occasions and I did have the the alcohol license from when I first arrived in Lahore. Anyway, what this Australian guy did tell me is if you have an Australian passport and you turn up around five o'clock at the Australian embassy, they let you into the barbecue, the Friday night barbecue at the Australian embassy. Unfortunately my British passport just didn't do it. So after a couple of days in Islamabad which was certainly a lot calmer than Peshawar and Lahore it was time to move back to Peshawar and head for one of the main parts of the trip which was to see the Northwest Frontier and the Khyber Pass. When I got back to Peshawar I stayed at the same two dollar a night hotel but what I did was have had most of my meals at the five-star Pearl Continental because despite being a five-star hotel the food was really cheap they'd have a fantastic buffet of breakfast which set me up for the day. In fact, one of the mornings I was there, I was joined in the queue by the um, military government. No idea, it was just the staff who taught me afterwards. I managed to play a couple of the golf courses in Peshawar. The one was next to the hotel, which was called the Air Force Course. And I also got to play Peshawar Golf Club, which was very nice, very similar to the Gymkhana in Lahore, in that it was old, traditional, lovely fronted clubhouse. And again, everything you need there guides food, drink, the whole lot, really good and my alcohol license actually worked there as well. Nothing better than a nice cold beer after a game of golf in sweltering heat. So the following day was my trip to the Khyber Pass and the northwest frontier which I booked a couple of days before. So my transport arrived at the hotel at around seven and on this occasion it was a Toyota Land Cruiser with a English-speaking guide and a driver and the plan was then to head off to the outskirts of town to the barracks of the Khyber Rifles and pick up the security guard, which we duly did. I have to say, although I wasn't expecting an Arnold Schwarzenegger or anything like that, I wasn't quite expecting Uncle Albert from Only Fools and Horses with an AK-47 strapped to his shoulder, but hey, that's what I got. Ali Masid, or the Khyber Pass as it's known, is not actually that far from Peshawar itself and it stretches around about 42 kilometres right up to the Afghanistan border. You can't miss the start of the Khyber Pass at Jamrud there's a huge gate post there which explains where you're going and it also has a big sign saying No Westerners beyond this point which was very welcoming. The history of the Kuiper Pass is actually explained on the big gate you travel through, the one with the No Westerners sign. It has a sign on there which you can check out on my website blindtraveller.co.uk and it tells you all the different dynasties and armies who've travelled through there dating right back through to the Mughal dynasty in 1526 AD through to 1739 AD, which was the whole reason I wanted to go there in the first place, obviously along with the military badges. The journey through the Khyber Pass was pretty spectacular. The terrain's so rugged, and I was taking myself back to the 1900s just in my mind and thinking about these young soldiers from the British Army who would build the bridges, who would build the schools, who would build... All the infrastructure there, the railway tracks, a whole lot. In those conditions, in that heat, in that terrain, it must have been pretty horrible. And as you would expect, it's still there today. All the bridges, all the tunnels through the mountains. Everything there is still as it was when it was built, probably over 120 years ago now. The road we took was the N5. I say road, and that was by name only because it was pretty much a dirt track. Right through these stunning mountain passes, under bridges, it really was incredible. We passed through three or four villages on the way to the border. We passed a few villages on the way to the border with Afghanistan, and on one of these we decided to stay off for a cup of tea, which was quite interesting. The village itself, very little there, a few shops, but what they tend to do, the shops, is double up of shops during the day, and then a the night time the shutters come down, and people just live there. Families live in these shops, tiny little spaces. It's amazing just to think how these people actually live. The shops were quite varied, actually. We stopped on one which was a tea shop basically, where we sat outside, had a cup of tea, and within about five minutes of having a, a brew, it was just surrounded by kids and locals just having a look, because I was there, only Westerner, they'd probably seen in quite a while in this part of the country, because they just didn't come up there. I normally carry my Sunderland football shirt with me everywhere I go, so on this occasion what I'd done, because there was lots of kids there, took out my bag and put it on. Of course the kids were laughing their heads off, probably Newcastle supporters in disguise, but um... Anyway, the, the interpreter explained what this was, but it was a football shirt. And it was just a bit unfortunate, actually, because normally I carry sweets or, or pens or just little bits and bobs and that to give to kids like that. What I've experienced really helps from previous trips, but on this occasion I didn't. But one thing I did actually find in my wallet was a book of about six postage stamps from the UK, which I had. And we had a great laugh just trying to explain to the kids what this was. Just doing hand gestures and signals. But I think they eventually got it. And obviously I handed out all these stamps. So they had a little 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 gift of an English stamp. Which wouldn't have been much use to them in the middle of Afghanistan. Especially not in the Khyber Pass. But sat there for about 10-15 minutes having a brew. And just great to chat with kids. And just for them to see something different. Someone different. And that was certainly the case with me being there. The thing for me is no matter where you are in the world. The one thing you always do see is kids. And they just smile. Regardless of what the conditions are, most of these kids never had shoes on their feet, but they were happy, they were grateful for everything they had. Just a totally different world these people live in, yet they're just happy. Happy, smiling faces, and that's one of the things what struck me about that little village, as well as the Khyber Pass. The people have nothing, they realise that these Westerners are probably very rich in terms of what they have in comparison to themselves, but it doesn't really matter. They're still friendly, they're still nice, they still smile, they still try and communicate... And that's just one of the things I love about travel wherever in the world you go. So that was a tea shop, but what I did notice about some of the other shop runs, the sort of the usual goods, foods, drink, that sort of stuff, but there was a few weapon shops there. You could openly watch a guy building an AK-47 with basic tools, and quite openly, and I'm sure they would sell them on. They called it the Wild West, and it certainly was the Wild West, because I've never seen nothing like that. Creating a weapon from scratch with a file and some basic tools must have taken these people ages. But I guess, given the amount of weapons floating around in the northwest frontier, um, obviously a good trade to be in. So we carried on up towards the Afghan border, and just outside one of these villages was a huge pass. And right on the pass, you turned around a corner, and there it was all these badges from the British military from years gone by. British forces were out there from late 1800s to early 1900s building the infrastructure and for some reason they left these badges there but it was just such a sight there must have been about 15-20 badges from different regiments and this is pretty much what I came to see and it was high up in the mountains views surrounding the place were just stunning Uh, it really was an incredible experience so I got a few photos in there with uh, the badges and everything else around there I looked at the Laobat the Kuiper Guards Rifleman actually gave me his rifle just to get a few shots in for the friends back home obviously the sunland shirt came out the bag along with the sunglasses when I was getting these photos taken But what a place to stop off, take it all in and just get a whole glimpse of the area. We carried on right up to the Afghan border. And when we actually got there, it was a real high pass overlooking both countries, which is pretty spectacular. And rather surprisingly, there was a few little stalls and bits and bobs and people hanging around there just selling goods. Because that was obviously quite a big trading route as it probably had been for many hundreds of years. But there was certainly no customs or anything like that. Just people selling the goods and moving between the two countries. What I did find was a money money changer, I say, I was going to say money launderer there, probably the same thing, but and he had a pile of money which was Afghan currency, and it, this literally must have been about a six inch thick pile of money with notes and various denominations and I had no idea what they were worth, but I ended up getting the whole lot for one US dollar, so God knows what they were, they probably weren't even money, but hey ho, it was a dollar after all, and a nice little memento of my trip. I hung about on the border for about 10-15 minutes before eventually turning back and then we headed pretty much the way we came, straight back down the pass, up and down these huge hills and mountains, over the passes, under bridges, passing various trucks, loads of different types of transport. There was buses, all very brightly coloured, which you, you tend to find over there. And the hour journey back to Peshawar was again pretty spectacular, with high mountain passes, big drops into valleys, it really was stunning, what a place. Red hot sunny day, it's just incredible, what an incredible place. We got back to the Khyber Gate, came through that again, stopped off at the barracks to drop Uncle Albert off and then headed back into Peshawar where the trip started. We got back a bit early actually to what they were expecting so we ended up stopping at a cemetery right next to the prison in Peshawar which was another experience and the guy said do you want to have a look around this graveyard? It was military graves of all these young soldiers who had died building the infrastructure what we'd just seen pretty much an hour ago in the Kyber Pass. Really was quite poignant as well, just walking around this place, hundreds of years old. And one of the gra- one of the first graves I actually looked at was a private who died on the 27th of October in 1901, which was my birthday, but many years later. I came out of the cemetery and Peshawar Prison was right next door. It was a big, huge double door, double gates sort of thing. And guys with rifles just stood there and it was in chaos. There was people trying to get in, for to see relatives and things. And I was talking to one of the um, guards on the door. And said I could have a look round. So one of the guards opened the gate and this other guy came inside with me and it was just really a big long pathway with houses what looked like houses but they were derelict and run down all along both sides and it seemed a bit strange but when I got talking to him again he said these were actually where the guards stayed. <laughs> After about a five minute walk past all these houses we eventually got to the main prison which was just it just looked awful it was really grey, miserable and people hanging out on wind, that was just horrendous. Um, I didn't get inside anyway, which I didn't really want to, having seen that. Headed back out, but I have to say, if that was the guards' quarters, goodness knows what it must be like inside. Something I'm pleased I managed to avoid. So I had a few more days left in Peshawar, which I potted around, saw a few more sights and stuff. A really interesting place. I managed to get another couple of rounds of golf in. Spent most of my time in the Pearl Continental Hotel, certainly as far as food was concerned, because... The least amount of time I could spend in my hotel room, the better really. But um, yeah, a few nights in the uh, the bar where the Westerns were allowed in the Per Continental. And that was me done in Peshawar. So my flight back to Lahore and then the Lahore flight back to the UK and what an experience. So that was Peshawar. Check out the website www.blindtraveller.co.uk and you'll be able to see some of the pictures from there. And catch you all again soon.